Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Rankings Week continues with wide receivers. They are being drafted, Hayden, earlier than ever, it seems, filling up the top three rounds of your fantasy football draft. And it makes sense. Like when you look league-wide, it is loaded with incredible, let's say rare talents at the position, both young and old. All the ADPs are up though. So my strategy for this year is to get in and get out at wide receivers, only draft like four good ones instead of like five or six, which I usually was doing on underdog. But that makes me super picky. So I have to make some stances and that's why we have the show. That is why we have the show. And if you checked out our ESPN or Yahoo or sleeper cheat code videos, you know that our favorite strategy in basically every single platform is to take a hero running back early and then pound wide receivers for three or four rounds. And you can still get some of these elite names. We're going to rank 45 at least today. And we kick it off with our number one wide receiver, Hayden. In tier one, that is Justin Jefferson. All three of these guys in the first tier have a chance to finish the season as a top scoring player at their position. He's the best and most prolific wide receiver through his first three seasons. I don't see anything changing except potentially positive regression with his touchdowns. That's the only thing that's holding him back from a rare season. Ran the most routes in the league last year, should do the same again this year. And the team, I think, made changes personnel-wise to make it so defenses cannot lock onto him, like we saw against the Lions last year. Bracket coverage in season, they traded for TJ Hawkinson, first-round pick with Jordan Addison. And if he just gets, you know, isolated coverage, he's the best in the game. Our wide receiver, too, at least mine is, Jamar Chase. Um, it's fascinating when you go back and look at his games last year, he had one week of higher than wide receiver 29 points through the first five games. And then as we talked about against, I think the Saints it was, the Bengals flipped their offense. And after that, he averaged 23.7 PPR points through the final seven games of the regular season. Yeah, on a per-game basis, he led wide receivers and expected touchdowns. So he's the guy that could score 15 receiving touchdowns in a season. I've also noted from Bill Barnwell, this defense to me could be a little bit worse because the division on offense looks significantly better. So I could see more volume for Jamar Chase this year. And he changed his game a little bit, right? Like as a rookie, he averaged seven and a half targets per game. Last year was 11.2 targets per game. He wasn't just a vertical outlier type instead he was winning short and definitely intermediate and that is absolutely on my radar okay your wide receiver two which closed out this tier is cooper cup hey everyone obviously this was recorded days before cooper cup setback um that sucks that really sucks any of the medical professionals that you check out typically say that 14 percent reaggravation is there for a hamstring strain obviously this was what four weeks ago for someone who's over 30 years of age that goes up to about 26%. Won't speak for Hayden, myself. I'll take the 74% chance every single time. So if you're drafting this weekend, next week, it's totally up to you where you want to draft Cooper Cup. Personally, I might even put him all the way after Amon Ross St. Brown on this list. So enjoy the rest. Just keep that in mind. 
for what was going to be the Cooper Cup conversation and ranking here. Is it really a simple, Hayden, that in 2021, he was the wide receiver one in points per game and 2022, when he did play, he was also the wide receiver one in points per game. Super impressive. He was on pace for the reception record last year, despite the offense being 29th in scoring and yards per attempt and all those fun stats. So if the offensive line's better, if Matthew Stafford could play better, Cooper Cup has, I think, the highest ceiling in fantasy of all positions. It just depends on health and just other things. But I think that his potential is higher than anybody's. That note where the Rams were bad last year in total offense in terms of 29th, and yet he was still on pace for the top wide receiver season in the league. Uh, that to me goes against the narrative that if the Rams are bad, then that means Cooper cup is going to have a down season and everyone freaked out on, you know, August 4th when he had this slight hamstring tweak and now he's been practicing for at least a couple weeks was never going to play in the preseason anyways. And I think we're back to full force. Yep. All right, tier one is done. Those are most likely going to be the top three or four selections in your fantasy draft. Hayden, the best way for people to prepare for their home leagues is to actually go and draft on underdog. $5, $20, $25 leagues, the people can get their reps in. Yeah, best ball mania. It's probably going to fill on Monday, so there's still time to go get in there. That's $3 million to first place, $15 million. We have regular season prizes, which is a lot of fun to sweat in. And then also weekly winners, best ball meets DFS. It's a one-week tournament every single week, week one all the way through week 17, all about upside. I have strategy videos in there. That's $15 to enter. That one's probably going to not fill until Thursday. So you have a week to try both of these formats. If you are new, great way to prep to prep for your home leagues as well. And if you are new, we are being generous and matching your first deposit with the link in the description down below. Or if you use promo code, the show up to $100. And also if you're watching the video, you probably enjoy it. So hit that subscribe button. Okay. Tier two time. We kick it off with AJ Brown as our wide receiver four, which is slightly ahead of ADP. He's being drafted as wide receiver six over on underdog fantasy. Uh, it stood out to me that AJ Brown scored more 20 plus yard touchdowns outside the numbers and downfield this past season with the Philadelphia Eagles than he did combined for his previous three seasons in the league. Yeah, he's ent entering the prime of his career. Same thing with his quarterback, Jalen Hurts. In the first half, averaged 9.3 half PPR points. In second half of the games, that was only at six because the Eagles were blowing everybody out. I think he has the best combination of this tier of offense environment, skill set, age and some positive regression just talking about those fourth quarters. Eagles are so good at creating those isolated looks. We talked about it with their rushing success, their tight end success, and RPOs pull everyone down. And then, hey, you get uh, single isolated shots over to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, who we'll get to in a little bit. Tyreek Hill, our wide receiver five. He and Jalen Waddle combined for 49% of their team targets last year. Uh, it is incredible what he has done now with two separate teams in terms of remaining elite, because guess what? He's an elite talent. Yeah. It's impossible to defend. I will note just because I've talked about in all our shows, the differences between the Dolphins offense in the beginning part of the season versus late. Here's a just right. stat to kind of bring that through. They averaged 2.6 completions on RPOs before week 13. Afterwards, once we saw the adjustments, more defenders in the middle of the field, then they completed zero one zero 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 one passes on these RPO looks. That's the wrinkles that the Dolphins are going to have to adjust to. So there's a little bit more uncertainty just for Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Tua Tungavailoa this year. 
where that could change and flip uh, in terms of making up points for Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle is despite, again, combining for 49% of their team targets last year, they combined for just 27.5% of the red zone targets. And those are important. So if they get utilized more in that area, that's important. And by the way, you can tell that we are going through these top 11 names really quickly. It's because these guys are freaking good, okay? And you'd be good. very lucky to have one or two or three on your fantasy football roster. Stefan Diggs checks in next for us as wide receiver six. Hayden, give me the goods. Yeah, three years of over 100 receptions per per year. I mean, it's just the only red flags, age 30, a little bit of a weird offseason, off a couple new additions. But like really, like we know Steph Diggs is a baller. He is a baller and one of the best route runners in the league. An absolute joy to watch. I will... Give some caveats here, though. I mean, the Bills scored the fourth most touchdowns in the league last year. Stefan Diggs was obviously incredible. That was with 53 as a team. Gabe Davis was hurt and bad. Now Dalton Kincaid was brought in. Deontay Hardy was added. With all those pieces joining the club, I don't know if we see him once again getting to 154 targets and mm -hmm. 108 receptions. Um, but, you know, he might drop from the wide receiver three or wide receiver five to the wide receiver six or wide receiver seven. Yep, I think it's fair. Devontae Adams checks in as wide receiver seven for us. A career high, 180 targets, catching 100 passes for 1,500 yards and leading the NFL in touchdown receptions with 14. He does go from Derek Carr now, though, to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, as you can see with this chart, Jimmy G is going to be throwing the ball underneath more than Derek Carr did. Derek Carr was all of a sudden a deep passer last year. Devontae Adams led the NFL in deep targets. He also led the NFL and touchdowns over expected. I'm expecting his yardage and touchdown numbers to drop. I think his reception numbers could go up though, just right. because that's how Jimmy G is going to deliver the ball on time to his number one. And even if he does regress, he was so elite last year that even if he takes a big step back in those categories, it's hard to rank him any lower than this. I know that there's downside risk with the Raiders and stuff, but he's so good. He's a hall <laughs> of famer. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Beep yourself over there. Um, if it was like we're entering year two of Devontae Adams and now we have this quarterback change of, you know, last year he was so vertical and now we have a quarterback who does not throw vertical, I would be more concerned. But then you go back to his days, the Green Bay Packers and Devontae Adams thrived on the shorter to intermediate and inside breaking targets. So we've already seen him obviously with a different quarterback, but maybe some of these stylings and yeah. areas to target already thrive in the past. So we go from Devontae Adams now to the quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, and now his focal point wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. And I actually have a stat for Garrett Wilson that brings up Adams here. Um, Rodgers' pass rate over expectation inside the red zone each time he had an alpha wide receiver was top seven. And then where Devontae Adams ranked in the NFL in red zone targets with Aaron Rodgers was fourth in 2021, first in 2020, 11th in 29 in just 14 games, and then seventh in 2018, in 12 games, we know that Aaron Rodgers locks on to his top outside wide receiver, and especially in the condensed field where points are scored for us. And we've already seen it in single preseason action. And that guy is Garrett Wilson. Yeah, it was that beautiful fade ball to the corner of the end zone we just saw. And it what was so special about that play is that was supposed to be a run. Aaron Rodgers, big brain Aaron Rodgers checks out of it because of the boxes and then throws it up to his number one. That's the difference with the chemistry with Gary Wilson. By the way, last year with 
Zach Wilson as quarterback, he was the wide receiver 60. Without Zach Wilson as quarterback, he was the wide receiver 8. You can't justifiably rank him lower than the wide receiver 8. I think there's a chance that he could be top 5. Yeah, and he, he's going after, you know, the likes of CeeDee Lamb and Amon Ross St. Brown, who we have just after this, but I'm with you. I, I cannot put him push him beyond wide receiver 8 right now. Even if people think preseason doesn't matter, on the small sample that we just saw, the brain connection that they already have and the you know unspoken communication, it yeah. gave me Devontae Adams vibes, and we have seen ridiculous Devontae Adams seasons because of it. It seems like Aaron Rodgers trusts about like seven people on this planet. I think Aaron <laughs> Wilson is one of them. <laughs> okay, next is C.D. Lamb. I mean, he destroyed defenses in the slot last year. He led all wideouts in receiving yards, 867, was second in receptions there with 63. The team brought in Brandon Cooks. Hopefully Michael Gallup is a bit healthier. It's a different play caller. Um, is that any reason to be concerned here? Yeah, he was the wide receiver eight last year on a career high yards per run. I thought his tape was better. Like he took another step so good. Uh, last year, a little bit more physical than what I was used to. But like you said, more target competition. Now we have some offensive coordinator changes. We'll have to see how that plays out. I think they're still going to remain fairly pass heavy. Um, but I think that his ceiling is a little bit capped versus some of these other guys. Yeah, going back over those Kellen Moore plays in the scheme episode that I did with Colt McCoy, often CeeDee Lamb would have these option routes or when he would work over the face of the safety, he just moved differently than everyone else. And he's so good in space. And so mm -hmm. he's still super successful on the outside, but when you want like game breaking plays, putting him in the slot and yep. allowing again, this space to occupy, uh, he's a ton of fun. Amon Ross St. Brown is our wide receiver 10, 292 targets in his first two years. That is the most of any receiver has ever seen in their first two seasons in the league. Wow. Did not know that he was also PFF's uh, second highest graded wide receiver only behind Tyreek Hill. He was the wide receiver 10 last year. I think there's a chance that he can score more touchdowns just because he got so unlucky there. Most of the Lions, you know, if you've seen Jamal Williams twerk, you knew that they were rushing touchdowns, not passing touchdowns. I do think, though, this is the tier where Amon Ross St. Brown, it's hard for him to get so high up there because he doesn't yeah. work down the field as much, though. He's a, a very good athlete, and he's been trying to work downfield this offseason. But now you throw in the wrinkles of now you have a receiving tight end. You have this uh, receiving running back. We'll see what happens here. I think that Amon Ross St. Brown is a little bit too capped to be going at the round one, two turn unless you're in full PPR. Just to put some context to what you said, he just had six touchdowns last year because he was tackled inside the five yard line on seven different occasions. Damn. Unlucky. So for many, that's the end of this tier. We're going to throw Calvin Ridley up here. And we've been steadfast in this since one of our first shows back in May. We thought that Calvin Ridley literally takes the roof off, the ceiling off of this Jaguars offense. And we've already seen the connection that he has with Trevor Lawrence. When he's able to choose his isolated matchup on the outside, Trevor's eyes lock on to Calvin Ridley. Yeah, so the upside's evident. Even last year without him, the Jaguars were fourth in wide receiver fantasy usage because this offense is very aggressive, throwing the ball down the field. Calvin Ridley is by far the best wide receiver when we've seen that in preseason. He has a 31% uh, target rate uh, among the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence. And then also this one play just keeps sticking out. Two man, very clear Trevor Lawrence pre-snap. Where do you want him to go to the ball? Of course, it's going to Calvin Ridley immediately for a chunk play. I think she's going to see it over and over again. I moved him up even ahead of a Monroe St. Brown and CD lamb. If one of these guys is going to be into the top five, I think it's Garrett Wilson and Calvin Ridley. Those are the type of guys I want.
underdog ADP has caught up to Calvin Ridley for the most part, but I'm going to reference those cheat code videos that we did for all these other platforms. They have not caught up yet. He's being mm-hmm. ranked as like the 36th overall player on a bunch of those, getting him at the 3-4 turn rather than the 2-3 turn. Um, take advantage of that. Let's put it that way. If you're still watching, subscribe. Hit that little button down there. Okay. Our wide receiver 12 to kick off the next tier, which we are calling upside wide receiver twos, is Devontae Smith. Um, from week nine through the Super Bowl, Devontae Smith actually out-targeted A.J. Brown 107 to 104. And as we've talked about with Jalen Hurts, and we probably could have said the same thing with A.J. Brown, this team was just so dang good that Devontae Smith did not need to be used in fourth quarters. He had just 12 receptions and 19 targets in fourth quarters across 17 games last year. And we always bring this up because if the Eagles do need to play with aggression, they will. Last year, they were first in fourth down aggressiveness. They were first in neutral pace. They were seventh in neutral pass rate. So all it takes for them to go completely nuclear this year is just closer games. And that's what happens when you have a harder schedule. The defense looks a little bit worse. We'll see what happens. But I think that Devonta Smith is the best number two in the league just watching him move out there. And if they do continue to bully their opponents, then we get exactly what we got last year sure. with these two wide receivers, which is a uh, special, special stuff. Wide receiver 13 T Higgins. If you go and look at his per game numbers, they're a bit skewed. Rich Rebar pointed this out to me because three games he bounced early in or only partially played. And then again, those three weeks where he played just, you know, 37 combined snaps. It's interesting for a player that we think of as this giant towering contested catch wide receiver, which he can do more than that. He had a career high in touchdowns last year, and that was still only seven. So like when you get the 10 touchdown season for T Higgins, great things will happen. Yeah, for sure. And like, even without his last two years, he's finished 34th overall, 37th overall, which is like classic upside wide receiver two stuff. Uh, you didn't see T Higgins totally take off without Jamar Chase last year. But like I mentioned up top with Jamar Chase, if the Bengals defense is worse. You can just see Joe Burrow pass the ball more. And I like Devonta Smith. T Higgins is a true number one. Like he can bend for somebody as big as he is. So I do think there's a potential 12 touchdown season from T Higgins. It would just take a little bit of luck. Jalen Waddle's being drafted as wide receiver 11 out there. He's being ranked by us as the wide receiver 14. I want to go on record and saying that Jalen Waddle is an incredible football player. Uh, super, super fun to watch when he puts his head down and runs away from coverage it's one of the most magical things in football right now. And last year he had 11.7 yards per target. That's not per catch 11.7 yards per target. And the season crazily could have been even better if Tua was able to stay on the field. Yeah. He is very difficult because I know he's a model dunker. It'll just happen over and over again. I'm trying to account for that, but he is facing quarterback regression yards per target uh, regression yards after the catch regression and touchdown regression for example last year he was the wide receiver 27 in usage he finishes the wide receiver 11 so we kind of split the difference at wide receiver 14 which i think is totally fine because of the reasons that we talked about and how defenses are going to make adjustments but jalen wall is such a superstar that you even with all this regression talk you can only move him down so much just 13 percent of miami's red zone targets he saw last year despite those high target volume numbers and Talked about yards after the catch. He was third in the league per reception last year while having an A dot of seven yards or more than the next two players on that list, which were Debo Samuel and Rondell Moore. So, like, he was going way further down the field and was still matching them in terms of yak, which is nutso, nutso stuff. Amari Cooper, this might shock some people, Hayden, because 
despite having his best season, I would argue, of his career last year, that flew under the radar. And I still think he's flying under the radar in fantasy drafts this offseason. Yeah, nobody really wants to talk about him. The offense is changing a little bit. They're going to run a little bit more spread. So I'm curious to see how his, how he's going to fit in there. But like you said, 2.1 yards per out run last year is like that's elite stuff. And the Browns only averaged 6.3 yards per pass attempt. It's going to take a little bit of a parlay. You got to get Deshaun Watson right. And then Amari Cooper stay healthy for this thing to really take off. But in the range of outcomes, I do think that Amari Cooper could finish as a top 10 guy. I'm comfortable with him like in round four in your home leagues. Yeah, going back to my conversation with Matt Harmon, we've seen like these inconsistent seasons with Amari Cooper even, you know, dating back to his days with the Raiders. Um, it's because he was inconsistent. He was an inconsistent player, but last year he was steady. He was super steady. And because of like the, maybe there's lack of spike weeks over and over again, um, he still flew under the radar. Okay, second year player Chris Olave is next. In terms of yards per route run for rookies, only Odell Beckham. A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase had better numbers than Chris Olave for their first season in the league over the last 10 years. That's special stuff. Yep. And then he was a wide receiver 34 per game. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I hate. I hate talking about Chris Olave because like I hear the upside case. He only had 3.7 expected touchdowns because he's a kind of a he wins down the field in efficient ways, which is awesome. But. I'm not sure if he's a complete player in like the red I think zone. He is. I think he can do more than that. I think he can do more than when he was asked to do last year. For sure. There's like definitely within the range of outcomes, but now you have more target competition uh, from everywhere. Even Rashid Shaheed, Michael Thomas. Now you have Alvin Kamara, Jawan Johnson. Johnson. There's a lot more at stake here. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm middling this. I'm ranking him from wide receiver 34 last year, all the way up inside like the top 18. Uh, I think it's fine. And... We do have issues with his coaching staff. Like it was a big slow issues. finish to last season. And a big part of that, like Chris Olave, just two weeks as a top 20 scorer over the final nine games, two of nine as a top 20, which you're drafting him as this year. And the Saints were in the fewest plays in the NFL from week eight to week 18. Like we don't love the shyness, the timidness that the Saints coaching staff from like the top down brings to the table. And that's a trickle down like that impacts the top players that you're drafting from their team. I hate it. I wish you was on another team. (laughs) Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have. And you realize that. The library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals underdog. DK Metcalf is on a fun team and the Seattle Seahawks and a fun quarterback in Geno Smith. Set career highs and targets last year, Hayden, of 141 and catches of 90. 
we're talking about prime DK Metcalf. And oh, yeah. there was a little bit of development that DK needed to pull off, but he's already the wide receiver 16 wide receiver 17 in the last two years. That's where we have him ranked. Even last year, he had the third most expected touchdowns. He only scored six of them. This is a guy that will one of these years, I promise you have about 12 to 14 touchdowns. Why not this year? I love DK Metcalf. You talk about regression all the time. He was like the poster boy for it last year. He's previously had a career rate of touchdown rate of 8.1%. Last year, it was a career low of 4.3. Yet, as you said, he led the NFL with 22 end zone targets. The next closest player had 14. So we'll one see. Days, I mean, he he can days. do everything. He, he has developed in front of our eyes. And yeah, right. that's really fun to see. Okay. 2021 was a really special season for Debo Samuel. Uh, my favorite stat of all time that everyone focused on the rushing success he had towards the end of that year. If you remove all of those carries and all of those touchdown runs, he still finished as the wide receiver 10 in receiving points only. Hopefully, hopefully that can be replicated here with Brock Purdy as quarterback. I love you. Give me all the, the stats. I'll give you all the vibes, the Debo Samuel vibes, this training camp and preseason look pretty awesome. He looks pumped to play. I'm not fading Debo Samuel when he tells me he's locked in. We saw the schemed up stuff. But I think he's going to play more wide receiver this year. And I'm happy Trey Lance is out of there. We're going to see actual drop back game for the 49ers. Sign me up. Debo can actually run routes. And when Chris McCaffrey, Debo, George Kittle, Brent Ayuk were on the same field together with Brock Purdy, Debo saw 25.5% of the team's targets. CMC was at 21.6. Ayuk at 16.1. George Kittle at 11.5. This is going to be controversial, how we have this tier ending. Your absurd ranking of big Mike Williams of the 15th overall wide receiver when he's being drafted as the 22nd overall wide receiver places him here as our wide receiver 19. What gives? So it's my fault that you guys don't know ball. Is that no, I I have him right. I have him slightly above ADP. You're just probably the highest of anyone in the industry on Mike Williams this year. And it's, it's usually worked out uh, two years ago. He's the wide receiver nine. Remember when he was ranked in the wide receiver 40. (laughs) He called that that breakout. Yeah. Uh, Then last year, wide receiver 21 per game. I know he was injured. What are you going to do? Project more injuries. He's healthy right now. He's been healthy this entire training camp. New OC, I think, is a good thing. You had the scheme episode with Colt McCoy. We love that. Uh, Keenan Allen's a little bit older than Mike Williams. I think there's a chance where Mike Williams is like a top five in touchdowns. So, sure, like in your redraft league, if if you're scared to compete, I get it. But if you want to play the alphas, draft some Mike Williams. And he is easy to draft. I mean, he is he's free termed a he's not free, but he's termed a better and best ball type player everywhere. And because of that, he's in like the 70s, I think, on some of those uh, default rankings that we saw. I mean, it's just absurd where you can get Mike Williams in some of these drafts. Herbert's um, going to throw for 5000 yards. It's going to go to Mike Williams and Keenan. <laughs> Come on. We have his teammate Keenan Allen rounding out our upside wide receiver twos. Uh, nine games last year where he didn't play or played fewer than 40% of the snaps. But then if you go and look at the eight-week span where he did play, he was third among all wide receivers and targets with 75, third in receptions with 55, and sixth in receiving yards with 581. And while you might say, hey, they're going to expand the field and throw down the field a bit more often, think about what I talked about with CeeDee Lamb attached to Kellen Moore. Not saying that Keen Allen moves exactly the same, but that slot wide receiver and creating matchups with that is super dangerous, and guess where Keenan Allen is going to play this year? 
That's totally true. And it's good to see a bounce back here before last year where he had 2.1 yards per hour run. He had six straight seasons where that yards per hour run dropped, 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 dropped. Now he's into his age 30 season, but he's healthy and he was dominant last year. So like to me, like these top 20 wide receivers, I like, of course, they're not perfect, but these are, the I think, the guys that you want. And then I think this next year that we're going to get to. We're pushing up for reasons that I can't really get onto. If you can get three of these top 20, that would be a pretty good goal because I think these next guys I'm having a little bit of question marks on. Okay. We'll jump to that fourth tier then, which we are calling the upside wide receiver threes. And I am going to disagree with the words that you used, even though the message I understand because Drake London tops our list here as our wide receiver 21. And I think getting someone as the upside wide receiver three to lead this tier, who I believe is the alpha of his passing game, like he is the focal point of his passing game. And we're not having to pay up for a year two breakout, which we have been for the last couple of years in fantasy drafts is something pretty special. And again, I cited Chris Olave's numbers earlier in terms of yards per route run. Guess who was just behind him last year among all rookies? Drake London, he is so good at the game. Yeah, led the rookie class in targets per outrun and PFF grade. He keeps making insane catches. He's one of these big wide receivers can actually sink his hip and run in breaking routes. He's going to be an absolute superstar. The only problem is the Falcons. They were 29th in wide receiver usage last year. We think that's going to go up a little bit. But like if they're above the top 24 in wide receiver fantasies, I'd be pretty surprised. That's that's the bar that we have to clear with Drake London. He's so damn good, though. So. I'm fine with a bet on talent in this range. It just comes with this offense that's not going to pass the ball very efficiently. I hear that. Maybe we get surprised, but receivers also one of those positions where I want to bank on talent because as soon as they do get the volume, the talent is the thing that like launches mm -hmm. them into the stratosphere. Mm -hmm. And Drake London, I think he's still being slept on as the type of talent that he is. Yeah, but I think it goes back to like Chris Olave and Drake London last year. They, the talent was there. We saw them watch them play, and yeah. then they just didn't matter all that much for fantasy. So yeah, I, love, I, I, love I think Marcus Mariota is, is, let's say, six to seven to eight passing attempts different to what uh, Desmond Ritter is going to be this season. I agree. Deontay Johnson is the next. You just had a tweet before we went live that you are shocked based on the preseason success that we've seen in the Steelers this year that Deontay Johnson has not been pushed up into the top 20 wide receiver. He is my most drafted wide receiver this year, which is hilarious wow. because I've been a Deontay Johnson fader uh, recently. But you just look at it. The offense looks way better, which I think is going to be massive for them moving the chains. And I think that they're going to allow Deontay Johnson to really cook and potentially win downfield. Last year, only converted nine of his 34 deep targets. He obviously famously did not have a single touchdown despite having 6.7 expected touchdowns. If those regress, we're talking about somebody that can be a top 15 wide receiver here he's been that in the past i just think that he's pretty good and i think the most important thing is i think that people are underestimating how big of a leap a second quarterback with an improved offensive line with improved and developing playmakers could be and i do think that deontay johnson as much as i love george pickens is just going to out target him just the way that they went yeah i want to repeat how far ahead of adp we are of deontay johnson you have him as a wide receiver 21 he's my wide receiver 24 He's being drafted as wide receiver 27. Like the price hasn't moved enough for everything that is trending in the right direction, both regression and just positive optimism and success that we've seen in terms of development from the Steelers offense this preseason. I'm going to read into that with what the Steelers have shown us so far. DJ Moore, we are slightly lower than three spots than where he's being drafted. 
Why? Last year, he was the wide receiver 25 on the Panthers as the clear number one. And the Panthers had 2.5 more completions per game, 45 more yards per game. I think like Justin Fields will probably close that gap this year, but I don't see DJ Moore in this offense like really exploding. Like we we still so will see it in glimpses. Yeah. Like like the preseason was a perfect example. A screen rips it to the house. Awesome. I'm not, I'm still pretty skeptical about the ins and outs of this passing game. So that move for DJ Moore was, you know, compared to the moves that we've seen for Tyree Kill for Tua or AJ Brown for Jalen Hurts. One, I like DJ Moore. He's not on that plane in terms of talent. Two, there was a lot of reasons that people said this is the year that Justin Fields could take massive strides, and maybe he does. Offensive line is one of those. Offensive line is already quite injured heading into the season. And again, I'm going to read into preseason action. The concepts were very vanilla, but man, Justin Fields has not shown so far to mask the negative outcomes and the negative plays and the negative decisions and the negative placement where he's putting these passes. I mean, yeah. it's um kind of makes me nervous for the entire approach right now. Uh in the underdog pick em lobby, we have week one ready to go right now. DJ Moore has like 20 fewer receiving yards projected than Justin Fields has rushing yards projected. They go right next to each other. Just draft Justin Fields. If you're going to make a, a bet on the Bears, do it with the guy that's actually going to get there. DJ Moore is going to be along for the ride. He's not going to bring Justin Fields up. Christian Watson ranks as our wide receiver 24. Um, he's another one of these players that will probably have to do it in a different way. Last year, he had just 14 targets through week nine, and then he caught 31 of 51 targets for 523 yards and seven touchdowns plus another rushing score. Um, in those final eight games, though, he caught four passes in six in six of those games. So now, as much as Jordan Love might instill this belief in Packer Nation, I think we can all sit here and say that he is not Aaron Rodgers in terms of perfectly placing bucket throws down the field. I think that's a fair statement to make. And so because of that, Christian Watson is probably going to have to get more volume. Now, Romeo Dobbs will probably get more volume. Jane Reed, Luke Musgrave. We talked about this. My area where I think he might is actually in yards after catching a bunch of these crossing routes. Yeah, he definitely has NFL skills that are very valuable. He is very, it's a lot of regression that he has to clear, man. It's like seven, he caught 75% of his contested targets, which is already ludicrous. He scored 2.6 receiving touchdowns more than the model would expect. And then he also had a 46-yard rushing touchdown and a 15-yard rushing touchdown. And even with all that, he was the wide receiver 21. And that was with Rodgers. It's like a lot of things have to click in with Christian Watson. Now, I will say, if you're looking at the yards per route run, age, athleticism, size, all that stuff, you start checking some boxes where right. he could be an absolute baller. But I think the target competition quietly in Green Bay is better than people are expecting. I've liked basically what I've seen from all of these guys right. uh, to some degree. Like there's a chance that this is going to be just horrific around Christian Watson. I think they'll be functional around him. Yeah. And I think we're still learning who Christian Watson is as a complete player. You know, he's, he's a freak of an athlete, but as a complete wide receiver, mm -hmm. have we seen all of that put together for a large stream of games? We're going to get that answer this year and I'm looking forward to it. So we go from a young player to Deandre Hopkins. Um, I mean, I'm taking our, 
ranking here. He's going as, you know, wide receiver 24. I have him as the wide receiver 28. Um, the show that we did during the summer with Ryan Heath of players, once, you know, they show signs of decline, it's like time to hop off. Um, I think the cord needs to be pulled for DeAndre Hopkins a little bit because uh, I understand he's been commanding a ton of targets and earning that volume over these last few years. Uh, he's also going now to the Ryan Tannehill led Tennessee Titans, who I really like as a player, but with Ryan Tannehill, just 27 attempts per game that would have been 29th in the NFL last season. Very difficult ranking again, because I'm with you career low PFF grade didn't seem as explosive nope. uh, as he was previously. And I'm with you and Ryan that I want to be out once I see the signs of decline. I think I have seen it. I will say the Titans, I think, are going to play with more speed. It might pass the ball a little bit more than expected. Tim Kelly uh, in an ESPN column, uh, quote, vowed to increase the speed and tempo Tennessee's offense plays with. So that's going to be the secret ingredient of keeping him afloat. I'm with you. The target numbers last year, take it with a grain of salt. Look who he was competing against for targets. I mean, it's like freaking Greg Dorch and the boys. Like, it's a whole different ballgame now when you have Derrick Henry and Traylon Burks. Yeah, and he had a great relationship with my guy, Colt. Uh, there's a hilarious story that I will not tell the people out there of uh, maybe why DeAndre Hopkins season ended at the exact same time Colt McCoy season ended. Uh, and here's a bold prediction for you. Traylon Burks, I think, is back from like the knee sprain, at practicing at least. I don't think it's unfathomable that Traylon Burks has better season than DeAndre Hopkins does this year. Okay, Brent Ayuk. It's funny, like, again, once we hit that Deontay Johnson, that was the marker for me. It's just we get into a bunch of questions with all these dudes. Exactly. And Brandon Ayuk, like, I honestly can't point you to a stat that suggests, like, oh, why he's going to break out this year, other than just my love of his individual talent and why I think he's one of the more underrated route runners and just underrated wide receivers in the league today. I still see some, like, kind of weirdness with this game, though. Yeah, I love weird routes. You get to wide receiver play in terms of creating separation and sustaining it. He does that, and there's other plays where it seems like something was just off with him. I can't explain it, but I think that's also why Shanahan can't explain it, why the ball doesn't go to him nearly as often. I'm with you. I rank him here because I don't like anyone else in this tier, but like last year, for example, he's a wide receiver 37 on wide receiver 41 usage. One of these years could Brandon Ayuk break out? Certainly, so I'd rather have him than like DeAndre Hopkins, I guess, but like this tier is just way different than the tier we just talked about. Very, very. Tyra Lockett at wide receiver 27. Uh, which is three spots ahead of ADP. Um, there's a lot of mouths to feed in Seattle. Tyra Lockett, though, is just the metronome. Like he is just going back and forth, and every single season he's going to outperform where he's being drafted in fantasy leagues. Yeah, my my big caveat though here, he scored nine touchdowns on four point one expected touchdowns. Now Tyra Lockett is a model breaker, but he's also a thirty year old model breaker with more target competition. He was wide receiver 36 in fantasy usage. We rank him slightly above that because he does break, you know, the models. But I also wouldn't be one of these guys. I wouldn't be surprised if like this was the year where like the touchdowns evaporated and now we're dealing with the kind of like a low floor flex play. We're planning our flag on rookie Jordan Addison. He's our highest ranked rookie as wide receiver 28. He's being drafted 10 spots later and maybe even more than that, whatever platform you're out there on. Why? Yeah, this is the player I want. That's multiple tiers down in your draft order. Uh, Adam Thielen was the wide receiver 11 in 2021. Last year, completely cooked, but he was still second in routes. Jordan Addison is getting those damn routes. 
And I think Jordan Addison could cook in man coverage. His numbers were fantastic at USC. He was in the slot with Kenny Pickett at Pitt. He was playing out wide, a versatile player. Screen games. Got it. Downfields. Got it. Perfect compliment to Justin Jefferson. And also the contingent value with Jordan Addison, you remove Justin Jefferson from this offense for whatever reason, Jordan Addison vaults way higher. I don't think you can say that about a bunch of the players on this list. Get him on your bench week one, week two, and get totally. ready to ball with Jordan Addison. I want to repeat what you just said. Justin Jefferson was first in routes last year. Adam Thielen was second. We want the player who is running a lot of routes on the field in a Kevin O'Connell-led offense that's going to play with pace and throw the football a lot. And yes, Jordan Addison, I think, played like nine or 11 snaps this preseason. And I understand KJ Osborne did not play any this preseason, but this is going to be their outside wide receiver opposite Justin Jefferson. And I think what we have seen with the Minnesota Vikings is this contract that they gave Josh Oliver. They're probably going to run a bit more two tight end sets. And with that, just two wide receivers in the field. I mean, I would be stunned if we get by to week three and that's not Jordan Addison out there over KJ Osborne, if not earlier than that. Yeah, completely agree. And this defense is horrific. Name their outside corners. It's like USC third round pick of freaking rookies. It's going to be a mess. This man is supposed to start our fifth tier at wide receiver. I'm going to have a motion, Hayden, to put Jahan Dotson up here as one of our upside wide receiver threes. Okay, because for us, we have him well ahead of ADP as wide receiver 29. He's being drafted still as wide receiver 33. When we went back and recapped all of those rookie season wide receivers, he was the one that stood out to all of us as, man, this guy moves differently. He is not just this contested catch, off-frame, slot wide receiver. He does so much more. And now for this turf toe injury to hit Terry McLaurin, this is like, to me, the runway for Jahan Dotson to stake his claim as a potential elite talent at position with a lot of volume starting out there in the first three to four weeks of the season. It was a rookie challenge for Jahan Dotson, and he completely answered the test. He was winning all on the outside, downfield, in-breaking routes, curls, all the hard stuff, like the non-Mickey Mouse routes. There's a chance this year with the enemy who can dial up some of the Mickey Mouse routes, get things a little bit easier for Jahan Dotson, get those targets up, especially if Terry McLaurin's uh, toe injury lingers into the season. So, uh, And if there's a chance that Sam Howell is way better than Heineke, which is an extremely low bar, I think that you are right. Jahan Dotson does belong in this wide receiver three tier. But like we said, I would rather wait to the end of this tier, round six, seven, rather than like try to push up guys into round four that don't belong. I don't know. I rank him 27th at the position. He's going 33rd at the position right now. So uh, I'm all in. Okay. Next three names for us to open this tier. Gabe Davis, Chris Godwin, George Pickens. Pick one. Talk about him. Gabe Davis. I have a really high ranking on him last year in best ball scoring. He was a wide receiver 27 per game. He averaged eight points on a bad ankle. He averaged 11 points on a good ankle. That's all you need to know about him. And also, if something ever happened to Steph Diggs, I do think that Gabe Davis has a monster ceiling. Gabe has been the same player he's been since his rookie season. And it's kind of like this roller coaster. Last year, we paid up for it as like what the wide receiver, like 14 or the yeah, wide receiver, I don't 19, talk whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> this year, you're able to get him as the wide receiver 35. He's the same dude. And he's going to be hopefully healthier this year. And he was just named captain. If you care about any of that. Wow. Stuff. Yeah. Okay, next three, Terry McLaurin, Marquise Brown, 
We'll talk about the next two, actually. I was really in on Terry McLaurin before this turf toe injury, and it, it really almost ruins it for me in redraft right now because, um, look, he only has, and I found the stat, three touchdowns inside of the red zone in the first, what, five years of his career, four years of his career. Uh, but I was really excited to see him with Sam Howell this year because his talent is undeniable. But reasons I talked about Jahan Dotson is why I had to take down uh, Terry McLaurin here. Chris Olave, Terry McLaurin. There's the comp for fantasy oh, and like real life that. comp, you know? Um, quickly with Marquise Brown, I know this might, and I actually have him quite a bit higher than ADP. I need to move that down. Um, I'm nervous from the top-down approach of what this Cardinals offense <laughs> Are is going you? to be after having a conversation about that team. <laughs> yeah, so I was looking to it. Josh Dobbs, love him, pulling for him. Great dude, has been thrown into some absolute dumpster fires when he's at, been out there on the field. At the same time, his career yards per attempt, 5.4. Touchdown rates under 3%. That's not great, especially in this offense. So it's going to be it's gonna be one of these, start him in your flex, don't watch the game, refresh and pray for Marquise Brown. I think you're going to see a lot of heavy personnel looks, run, run, pass stuff from the Cardinals on three downs or run, pass, pass. Um, yeah. And it, it, it just might not be that much fun to watch. <laughs> I think the offensive coordinator and the, and the owner might be just watching Caleb Williams highlights in the press boxes during Possibly. these games. We'll close up this tier with Jackson Smith and Jigba and Christian Kirk, because interesting preseason notes for both of them. First JSN, He's now being drafted after this wrist fracture, which I believe is a scaffold. People have been saying potential other things too. As a wide receiver 37, he dropped down to. He was previously being drafted right next to Tyler Lockett in a bunch of leagues out there. I think now the updated timeline for Jason Hayden is week one, he will be out there for maybe a couple snaps or sit out. But by the time we get to week two and especially week three, I think he's going to be out there nearly full-time rate. So right now is definitely the time to draft JSN. Yeah, I think initially I was expecting him to miss the first three to four games, uh, and then they had that week five bye, but it seems like he's already practicing. And the, and the practicing, like, he has to wear a, a cast, and then he'll go down the ball to weird. race. He is, like, he's, he's you know, bucket catching everything. Right. But, like, the scaffold, if that's what it is, it doesn't hurt necessarily. He just has to have the cast in it so he doesn't re-break it, if that yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, and then Christian Kirk, you know, we reacted to that first preseason game when in two wide receiver sets, it was just Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones out there. I believe as the preseason went along, we saw Christian Kirk pop in there a bit more than he was in that first time. But on a per route and per target basis, Christian Kirk was not a elite or even good individual talent last year. He just got a bunch of volume and a good offense. I don't think the target and efficiency is that different from Kirk and Zay. And I do think it is with Calvin Ridley. So I think we're justified in moving Kirk closer to Zay than closer to Calvin. Okay. Now it's the flex spot. Our sixth tier of wide receivers. I'll start with Michael Pittman and then we'll go to the next name for you. How about that? Because Michael Pittman is a name that I have well above ADP, and maybe I'm going down to the Titanic here. I have him as wide receiver 33. He's going as wide receiver 39. Um, it's because I am in love with his talent, Hayden. And again, I'll repeat the idea that, hey, if individuals get the opportunity and they're talented at the position, then that's when they can excel. 
like the quarterbacks he's played with recently are either out of the league or Sam Ellinger, who's your quarterback three on the team. And that's it. Like five quarterbacks over the last two years. Meanwhile, Pittman is awesome against man coverage. Awesome against press coverage. And I'm a fan of Anthony Richardson. He's going to make mistakes, but maybe it's only going to be a small win, but I would be shocked if Michael Pittman doesn't outperform a wide receiver 39 value. I looked at the like history of the wide receiver ones on teams with rookie quarterbacks and like on average, the top wide receiver finishes like the wide receiver 35. It's a little bit lower than that, a little less consistent when you're talking about dual threats, but I've been watching these games and I've noticed Alec Pierce can't separate for his life. And we already, I made a comment about this after the draft, but Anthony Richardson already threw a ball through Josh Downs's face uh, in this preseason (laughs) because he's so damn small. It's Michael Pittman, and that's it. They only actually have three wide receivers on the roster currently. It is just him. It's not the running backs. The tight end room is a total mess. I don't think the, I think we're overrating Alec Pierce and we're underrating Michael Pittman. So I am with you. This is the tier he belongs with. It will just not be pretty because the inaccuracies. Yeah, and th- you're able to draft him at this tier too. Like mm-hmm. we rank him well above everyone else, and he's just my favorite post hype target out there because he's good. He's a good player. Okay, let's take this Mike Evans conversation, who's our wide receiver 38, and also include Chris Godwin, who you absolutely love this year as your wide receiver 26. Talk to me about like this duo who has been super successful in the past years with Tom Brady, but now they have to play with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I don't love Chris Godwin. He's just kind of in a mix where like seems like he's about the same. Yeah, I uh, I don't have <laughs> any strong recommendations on Chris Godwin. Mike Evans, I did hear this when I was listening to the preseason games that he's, quote, had the best training camp of his career. Now, I don't know if that's coach speak or announcer speak or whatever we want to call this, but that did catch my eye here. The I think the Bucks are going to pass a little bit uh, this year, but it's not going to look pretty and they will not pass as much as the other no. guys. So this is the, this is as low as I can rank these guys. Like, I don't want to be on the Bucks, but I can't rank them any lower than this. I mean, the reason I'm ranking them here is basically because I don't want to draft any of these guys in redraft. Sure, in best ball, you'll end up with them every once in a while. But like, I don't want to have to put Mike Evans probably into my starting lineup each and every week. I understand he has, you know, thousand yard seasons every single time in his career. And I've mentioned this stat a hundred times, but, you know, Tom Brady has two of the top seven pass attempt seasons ever in his last two years. With the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they ran more plays than anyone else across the league this past season. And just if you're not throwing enough and you're not having as many plays, yes, Tom Brady didn't play well last year. I understand that Buccaneers fans, but you're getting Baker Mayfield on fewer plays and fewer passing attempts. And like just the equation of that, I would rather have bad Tom Brady every single year than whatever we're getting with Baker. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is like the take that I have the worst (laughs) sense of this season, but I'm, I'm okay fading Baker. Let's put it that way. What did Baker do to you personally? I don't watch him start games last year. The gentle, the, the mental gymnastics you're doing to vault up Michael Pittman in a horrific passing offense and completely fading Mike Evans is impressive. And I, okay. Who would you rather have playing quarterback at your team? Anthony Richardson or Baker Mayfield for fantasy or for, for, for real life, both Richardson. Yeah. I mean, it's not even close. That's not even a conversation here. Okay. Jerry Judy checks in next, and uh, this has been a tumble. He's still being drafted an underdog as wide receiver 28. We have him all the way down as wide receiver 39. And I think it's because maybe the market has not reacted enough 
to his significant hamstring injury. Yeah, it's harder to fall on underdog because the auto drafters will take the guy on the top of the queue. Um, but yeah, on the, I think it was the, the established the runner, the Adam Schefter podcast, Schefter said that it sounds like Jerry Judy might miss the first month of the season, though he's not going on the pup list yet, but we'll see these hamstring injuries linger. And I'm a little bit worried about the Broncos offense. So I was initially high on them, but first month of the season, not feeling comfortable about starting well, him does hurt. Yeah. I think Schefter said something like seven to nine weeks, potentially he, he could miss. Um, and that wasn't a report that was like, Hey, I heard this from someone. And so I'm going to relay what that someone said, Yeah, which is a weird way of putting it from, you know, the best insider in the game. Well, Qu- go ahead. I mean, there's a difference. Like I like how Schefter's like, I'm not going to tweet this one. I don't feel that confident, but <laughs> Levitan Silva, like here right. you go. What do you guys think? Um, and Jared Judy, you know, he's missed a ton of action in his first few years in the league. Yeah. And now you're already drafting an injured Jerry Judy. That's a tough swallow for me. Okay. Brandon cooks, new offense connected to Dak Prescott. He's another one of these guys, kind of like Amari Cooper flying under the radar a bit. Yeah. I like Brandon cooks. Whenever he's with a good quarterback, he is a good player. I think he's a perfect scheme fit. It's exactly what this offense needs. He doesn't have to be on the line of scrimmage. Cause that's what Michael Gallup does. I think he's going to run a lot of these post routes. I think it's going to be a good fit for Brandon cooks. You can't get too excited. But I think he's totally fine. Okay. Zay Flowers is our wide receiver 41, uh, mainly because of my ranking on him. We have eight spot difference between that grouping. Let's table that until we get to the end of this tier with other Ravens wide receivers. Because next is Traylon Burks and Cortland Sutton. I guess Cortland, even if we are a little skeptical of where he is now in comparison to nearly breaking through as an elite wide receiver talent, it's almost a hedge on Jerry Judy's injury a little bit. And for me, Traylon Burks... He had to go through the ringer last year in terms of like learning an entirely new position, played the X, wasn't yeah. given a lot of easy stuff. He was having, I thought, a good offseason and then the injury hit. Um, but I'm so optimistic. And again, you're able to get that at a much deeper discount now than you were last year as a rookie. I love this price tag for trailing. He's already back in practicing. Doesn't mean he's going to for sure play for week one, but you're not really drafting him for week one. I love our show, Josh, because we try to put some nuance on all these developing players, and it's not just about the spreadsheets. Traylon Burks was supposed to take some time. Totally different positions going from college to the NFL. I would not be surprised if Traylon Burks, after a bad rookie season, looks way better, especially in the second half of this year. Okay, we close this out with wide receiver 44 and 45. That's Odell Beckham and Rashad Bateman. So what in a... Five wide receiver span, we have three on the same team in the Baltimore Ravens. I am on record now saying that I believe Zay Flowers is going to lead this team in production at the wide receiver spot. If we expect Lamar Jackson to be our quarterback four and to make this giant leap with Todd Monken, one of these guys is going to have to stand out. My money is on Zay Flowers. Where's yours? It's on Rashad Bateman, but I truly will not. Like I have zero confidence like in any of this. Like I, I wish I had like analysis for you guys, but like I thought Bateman was gonna be a really good prospect. Injuries have not gone his way. I think Zay Flower is a fine prospect, but I thought it was a little bit overrated. Um, and we'll see if he's gonna be a two wide receiver set guy. And then I think Odell Beckham, like everybody wants to completely write him off. The Ravens certainly are not writing him off by giving him fifteen million dollars. So like I think uh we're gonna be breaking down this wide receiver group on our first episode with a guest on our show in a little bit. I have no faith in my uh, recommendation for this. And maybe take this with a grain of salt, but uh, 
Jack Settleman now is doing a podcast with Marlon Humphrey. He called Odell Beckham the wide receiver one on the team. And Lamar called Rashad Bateman the wide receiver one. And then everyone who's watched practices says, oh, Zay Flowers can't be covered. So, Well, I will just say, this is also this tiny wide receiver balling in uh, when you're yeah. just wearing your helmets and not the pads. So we'll see. Oh, my God. Okay. Producer Weaves is the man. And uh, he has put together this graphic that you can see on the screen right now of what our wide receiver is 46 through, I don't know, wide receiver 69. Um, I'll give you the floor. Pick out one or two or three of these names that you want to talk through. So I think if I was just going to pick one on who's just like the most likely to pay off their ADP, nothing to do anything too special. It's Juju. Like he was already like the wide receiver 38 per game last year. Jacoby Myers in this role was the wide receiver 36. That was in a pathetic Patriots offense. This offense is going to be way better. Tyquan Thornton is out of the picture. It's guys like Devontae Parker, who's a deep threat only at this point of his career. We'll see if they actually like Kendrick Bourne. He's right now the number three wide receiver. More RPOs is a good thing for Juju Smith-Schuster and Mac Jones. I still think that people are underestimating how high of a ceiling Mac Jones has as a passer. We'll see if Juju, I think he'd be the most likely to go from like the wide receiver 50 up to like the wide receiver 30. I almost want to save all these rookies because we're going to do an entire show on yep. where each rookie stands. Just quickly with Quentin Johnson. He played 55 snaps this preseason, played in every single preseason game. Meanwhile, the top three wide receivers for the LA Chargers and Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Josh Palmer did not play a single snap. I think 55 snaps is, and sure, he needed to play a lot. He needs to develop, and they probably wanted to get him reps. But if we're talking about standing on the depth chart, to me, that shows that right now, at least in week one, Josh Palmer is going to be out there as your wide receiver three and three wide receiver sets. He reminds me of Traylon Burks last year. We like Quentin Johnson eventually, but I think he needs actual development. That's why he's playing in the preseason. It's like what we saw on tape. It's what's happening there. If I was going to pick three like upside names, like for real, like not the Juju Smith users, like this is like dream big. Nico Collins, I can see being the ex wide receiver for CJ Stroud and doing some things. Van Jefferson in this Rams offense going to have to pass a ton. And then if you really want to allow me, Kadarius Tony has a chance of playing week again, one. Here we are again. But like the price tag is as low as it's been. If I'm going to bet on one of these guys, I'm going to go with Kadarius Tony over Sky Moore. I think Kadarius Tony has multiple tiers of more athleticism and the Chiefs the entire offseason keep calling Kadarius Tony the number one. I don't know. The thing with Van Jefferson, I mean, he's going to be valued. He's going to hit higher than his wide receiver 62 ADP. Now the question is, can he get like top 36 numbers? Who knows? Maybe for a stretch of the season he can, but you're literally paying nothing for a guy that's going to be out there on nearly every single snap. Yep. And the contingent value there for. Yeah. We'll see if he can fill the shoes of. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> if we're talking about going from the seven targets to nine. I will take that. Okay. Once again, we'll hit on like the Jonathan Mingos who, you know, if you've subscribed to the channel, which you should right now, uh, I've been talking up since he was drafted with the first, even before he was drafted. We loved him. Um, Marvin Mims, the Rasheed Rices, the Jaden Reeds, the Jalen Hyatt's of the world who switched from 84 to 13. Very intriguing. Very intriguing. Uh, we'll do a separate video on all of those. Uh, plus, you can check out our running back, quarterback tiers and rankings with tight ends on the way as well. Shout out to Hayden. Shout out to producer Weaves. Shout out to all of you for being a part of the 30% who subscribe. And not the 70% that watch and just drift away into nothing. And go play an underdog. It's the best way to prepare for your home league. For Hayden, I'm Josh. Up the Villa. We'll talk to you all soon. See ya.